I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 61. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Well, this afternoon, as I sit here at my dining room table looking out on the most exquisite day, I am surrounded by books. They're covering my dining room table, and they're by an author that many of you may not be aware of, but she is near and dear to my heart. Her name is Rumor Godden, G-O-D-D-E-N, Rumor, R-U-M-E-R, Godden. And she uh, lived to a very, very ripe old age, but she wrote literally until about the day she died. And she uh, died in 1998 at the age of 91. She was born December 10th, 1907. And she was born in England, but lived pretty much all of her childhood in India. Her dad was in the, um, he was in the, I don't know, shipping business for jute and, and a jute, you know, like um, rope. And when she was a little girl, they lived in what is now considered Bangladesh, but back then it was considered India. And she had four, there were four girls in her family. She was number two. Her oldest sister, Jonquil, who they called John, uh, was quite a talented, beautiful girl. And Rummer was, according to her, very plain. She got no attention, but she thought that was great because that left her alone. She, she's been writing as long as she could read. And her father used to say, I always thank God that we had so many waste paper baskets because Rummer was always writing and then always crumbling things up and discarding them. And she was so grateful, she said, that they didn't have sensible parents. She loved India deeply and she was always writing and they were allowed to roam like little lambs as Dr. Moore used to tell us to let our children do. Really, her her childhood was a halcyon childhood where they just, of course, they had wonderful servants that took wonderful care of them. They lived in a beautiful home on a large property with exquisite flowers and wildlife and animals and insects and birds and just the whole flora and fauna of India at that time. And uh, she wrote so many books that nine of them were made into movies. She wrote 24 novels and a total of 60 books. She was a poet. She wrote some nonfiction. But where she really shined, in my opinion, is in her novels, in the fiction she wrote. And she wrote many children's books as well. So she was an extremely diverse writer she would write one adult and then, you know, kind of break it up with a couple children's books, then come back and write an adult book. And it kind of kept her humble and, and formative. It was very formative, writing children's books. She said that writing children's books was actually the hardest thing of all because you had to distill what you were saying into such kind of purity. There was no room to hide when you're writing a children's book. And so it's very simple 
and it has to be very streamlined and children don't tolerate nonsense. You know, they, you just have to really be gifted in order to write a children's book well. When she was seven years old, she fell off a swing that she was not supposed to be riding in the way she was, and she permanently injured her back. But she went on as um, she and her sister were finally sent to back home, as they called it, to England, uh, and they went to five schools in two years at the eight when she was twelve and Jonquil was fourteen, and they were just like fish out of water. They hated being in England. They were used to warmth and beauty and all the rhythms of living in India. And they thought England was the most depressing, cold, drab, ugly place. The food was horrible. The clothes were hideous. They just had no tolerance for England. And they kept saying that it was home. But she kept saying, this is not home. And finally, they went back. They kept going back and forth between India and England all of their lives, all the girls in the family. But at one point... uh, Rummer decided she wanted to be trained as a dance instructor, which was kind of interesting because she had this physical limitation from her back injury, but she went on to teach in Calcutta, running a dance school for 20 years with her sister on and off, her sister Nancy. And she began writing books. Her first bestseller was in 1939 called Black Narcissus, which wasn't her best writing but it made quite a splash back then, and it was made into a film, and it made her a great deal of money. She also uh, married a young man named Lawrence, and they had absolutely nothing in common, and he was a very gifted athlete, kind of a good old boy in the English tradition of polo and tennis and golf, And she was not interested in that world in the slightest. He was not a reader. She was. He was not a writer. She was. And they just had a, she used to say of him that he thought Omar Khayyam was the name of a curry. Omar Khayyam, of course, is a famous poet, uh, an Indian poet. And so they just had a very sad life. He was in the army. He never paid his bills. It it was just a rocky situation. And they had two little girls uh, from their marriage. And finally, he he abandoned his family. He did not support them. He basically had no place in his girls' lives as well and in his wife's life. Uh, So Rummer was left to kind of fend for herself and she always had to work and always had to provide and at one point she lived um, in Kashmir she went to Kashmir to live with her girls when they were quite young and she did that because it was so inexpensive to live there and at one point they lived on a houseboat but in another part point they lived in a beautiful beautiful home called Dove House and it was a farmhouse and she grew herbs. She was so ahead of her time. She was very bohemian and she sold medicinal herbs and um, essential oils and she wrote a book about that time of her life called Kingfisher's Catch Fire and many of her books were semi-autobiographical and so I love reading her biographies and autobiographies because it just overlaps so much with the books that she wrote. 
while they were living in Kashmir in the farmhouse in this idyllic situation, one of their servants began to systematically poison Rumer and her daughters, and he put ground-up glass, opium, and marijuana in their food until they almost died, and finally it was discovered by one of their doctors. They had to leave Kashmir because they didn't want any shadow on the tourist trade there, and so they were basically thrown out of the country, even though they were the ones that had been victimized. They had been living with no water, no electricity, in a very idyllic, simple life, and she was so happy there and planned to stay there for many years, but she was completely uprooted, tragically. She started just being, she was a very disciplined writer, and she started to be very successful. She worked every morning, Every morning, she was like rigid about that, and usually late in the evening. And she wrote all of her books in longhand with a fountain pen, if you can believe that. And she said she really liked like an artist dipping their brush in the paint. It gives them time to kind of think about the next brush stroke they're going to be making. She said when you write with a fountain pen, you have time to think as you dip into the ink. I love that. Um, She was not at all open to Christianity. Of course, she was influenced a great deal by living in the Indian culture. They had servants that were both Hindus and Muslims. And, but for some interesting reason, the Lord began to draw her and she met and she asked for prayer for her daughter when her daughter uh, was married and, and expecting her first child and was uh, it was really a touch-and-go situation for both her daughter and the new baby in utero. And she heard about a mon- uh, convent and she asked the nuns to pray for her daughter and her daughter beautifully recovered and had a lovely child and there were no ramifications um, of, you know, the disaster that had been foretold. And so she became friends with the nuns at this convent and they had such an impact on her life that uh, through a series of events in 1957 she converted to to Catholicism and you begin to see a lot of Christian overtones and focus in the books that she wrote. One of them, Five for Sorrow, Ten for Joy, was was about a, a, based on a true story about a convent Uh, that worked with ex-prostitutes who became nuns. And it's a very powerful, powerful book. Of course, these are not children's books. You need to be very aware that her adult books are, are still very adult in content. But one of my very favorite books that she ever wrote was, uh, took place in a convent. And it's about a very successful British businesswoman who, at I believe the age of 40-something, left everything and entered a convent as a professing nun. And it's not just about her, but it's a magnificent book. And I think it's her very best book in terms of the, the quality of writing. Rumor Gooden in her older years said, I believe it is the Holy Spirit that makes the artist creative. I believe it is the Holy Spirit. 
that makes the artist creative. So I thought I'd share some of her books with you. I have a few that are children's books, but mainly um, her adult books. I love her writing and I never tire of rereading her books over and over again. Probably the book that many of you are familiar with because it's on all of my book lists is a book called An Episode of Sparrows. An Episode of Sparrows about a little girl. And I think there's a consistent theme about uh, children in Rumor Gooden's books that are not, they're not fawned over. They're not cared for well. They're kind of on their own. And this is a story of a little girl in that situation. She's kind of an orphan. And, but, but how she overcomes really hard things because she is an overcomer. And it's a beautifully written book. I love this book, An Episode of Sparrows. And then um, some of her kind of lighter reading books that I've enjoyed. One is called The Battle of the Villa Fiorita. The Battle of the Villa Fiorita. And it's about a woman who is, has left her husband and children and gone off on a trip with a man she's not married to. And uh, her children absolutely refuse to allow this to happen to their family and to their lives. And so they rob some money from their dad's desk and they are very, very talented and smart little kids and they figure out a way to follow their mother from England to Italy to this beautiful villa that she's staying in and they appear there and they sabotage her relationship and it's the most darling book how the Lord really turns the things around and the mother winds up going back to her husband and her children back in England and they made a movie of it and um, I'm dying to see it it's it looks like a really sweet little movie and then the Green Gage Summer is based on an experience that Rummer and her sisters had in France when they went to France their dad was not with them and they were with their mom and their mother I believe was bitten if I'm not mistaken with an insect anyway her entire leg swelled up she almost died and the children were there in France of course this is before cell phones and so many things that would have been helpful at the time and the children had to fend for themselves there in France not knowing anyone, not having much money, not knowing the language. And it actually did something very similar did happen in Rumer Gooden's childhood. So the Green Gage Summer. And then uh, The River is uh, probably one of her most famous books. It was one of her very first. And it d describes her childhood in India and her... Um, was I going to tell you something about oh that it was made into a movie and Jean Renoir uh, the Renoir's son who is a famous filmmaker made the film with Rummer and he, they partnered they became very close friends and Rummer would go to Hollywood and stay with the Renoirs and Charlie Chaplin would come over and Charles Lawton and all these famous people and she would be, you know, in this circle as a film writer, as a, as a script writer for the film when they would film her books because she was very much wanting to be involved as she should have been. So The River is a story of her childhood in India. And then uh, 
there's, I think I mentioned Kingfisher's Catch Fire, also now about her raising as a single mom, her girls with no money and no family support of any kind and how she survived. Um, she was just, she, she was a woman that didn't take no for an answer. She really was quite a lady. Um, Miss Happiness and Miss Flower is one of her children's books. And one of my favorite of her children's books is the story of Holly and Ivy. And although Rumor Gooden wrote it, one of my most beloved illustrators did the pictures. And that is Barbara Cooney. So Barbara Cooney and Rumor Gooden in one book. It doesn't get better than that. And just such a sweet, innocent, happy, happy book. And then um, when she got older, she, as I said, the Catholic and Christian influence really started to enter into Rumor's books and her writing. And a book that I just love is a book she wrote called The Dark Horse. And it's a based on a true story about a racehorse there in India and some nuns coming into his possession of owning the horse. Uh, he came in, how, did I say that right? <laughs> he came into their possession and how it's just a dear, sweet, sweet story about faith and about miracles. And um, sometimes her books can get dark, but when they're not dark, particularly as she became a believer, uh, they become really joyful and sweet. One of the ones I've enjoyed most is a book called China Court. And in China Court, it's really the story of a house and then the people who've lived in it through the generations. So she began to develop this technique of kind of flashbacks and different generations, and you're not quite sure what's going on. But once you get used to her writing, you just fall in love with it. Um, David Niven starred in a film that was based on one of her books, A Fugue in Time. And it's the book, I'm sorry, the movie was called Enchanted, I believe. And A Fugue in Time is about a house in London during the Blitz, the bombing of, of London during World War II. And these different generations overlapping in time and in memory. And the, the book kind of is writing the story. And it's brilliant. And so she uses that same technique for China Court. And it's just dear. It's a dear, sweet, innocent book that I really enjoy. I wanted to close with some of her autobiographies and her biography. So her biographer um, was a woman who the BBC did a, uh, I think it's called Book Notes, on Rumor's life. And they asked if she, they wanted to do like a documentary on her childhood and her life. And they asked if she would go back to India and Kashmir with the film crew and she was in her 90s, I believe, maybe 89. And she said, yes, I will go. And her doctor said she could go because she was so healthy from all those years of dancing, I imagine. Anyway, so they went back. And the woman who went with the film crew was named Anne Chisholm. And Anne Chisholm is a biographer there in England. And she wrote a book called Rumor Gooden, A Storyteller's Life. And she went back with Rumor to all of her childhood haunts, even to Kashmir, where things were so contentious. 
And um, so she has some really good insights into her. But I really love the autobiographies that Rumer wrote. One is called A Time to Dance, No Time to Weep. A Time to Dance, No Time to Weep. And then she also wrote a book called A House with Four Rooms. A House with Four Rooms is based on her idea that everyone has four rooms in their life that we need to go into every day, our physical, our mental, our emotional, and our spiritual. And she said, you have to go into all the rooms every day and you have to keep them aired to be a complete person. And then she and her sister, John, also, who was an, also an author, wrote a book, I believe, under the something sun. I can't remember the title of that one, but um, that is also about their childhood and they wrote it together. So she wrote many, many books, as I said, 60 in total, and they're not all as good as others. Uh, Breakfast with the Nicolides is another that's quite well known. She uh, received the OBE, which is one step under being knighted there in England. She also won um, a lot of awards for her writing and her books. She was quite a lovely, lovely woman. And I just never tire of reading her books over and over again. I have enjoyed them so much. And I think you will as well. Thank you for joining me this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. If you liked what you heard in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help too. Visit my website, Carol, with an E at the end, joyside, S-E-I-D.com. Carol Joyside to subscribe to our weekly email and receive exclusive discounts in my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings. <music>